What's going on, everybody? John Stamper, the host of eAssist's Dental Billing Academy podcast, and so excited to be bringing this podcast to you. I'm going to be spending time with eAssisters all over the country who are making a difference in dental practices every single day. They've got great stories to share. They're entrepreneurs in their own right, and eAssist is one of the fastest growing companies in the dental profession. So stay tuned. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to hear some stuff for some great people. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the eAssist Dental Billing Academy videocast. Super excited to be with you. And this is going to be a blast. There are so many great people, uh, eAssisters, we'll call all of you, right, that uh, are out there helping dental practices all over the country, certainly making a difference. Uh, my name is John Stamper. And what we're going to do with this video cast is bring on a lot of the e-assisters and have them share with you some of their stories, right? So that you can relate to what they deal with and and, and things to learn. And, and most importantly, I think showcase some of the great work they're doing. So very excited for Jackie Coons with us from Phoenix, Arizona. What's up, Jackie? Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful and uh, such a pleasure. I know we were kind of chatting a little bit before. I was noticing the rainbow unicorn behind you, <laughs> which is uh, pretty cool. I like the unicorns are in right now, right? <laughs> My son loves them. So I yeah. have tons and tons of pictures of unicorns all over the house. This is where he deemed he wanted the unicorn put on into my office. I have another one on my window over here on the side. So Perfect. yes. Awesome. All right. I see them everywhere, right? Like everybody's just kind of like, it's like they're coming back, like, they, like they're brand new or whatever. Uh, all right. So share with everybody a little bit about your story. Uh, well, where would you like me to start? I think you had said e-assist about five years, right? You had said you've really done anything and everything as the company has evolved and things like that. So, you know, maybe start what it's been like from there to, to now. Sure. Uh, yeah. I found e-assist about five years ago. And uh, like a lot of folks back in those days, uh, working from home is not nearly as popular as it is now. So the opportunity to do dental billing, which I loved from home, I was skeptical. So um, I kind of took the leap and started a little bit part-time and to figure the company out. Um, And then about a year, I think a year after I started part-time, I went to um, something called Our Summit. Um, and that's where all of the e-assisters throughout the country come once a year. We get together, we talk about the company, we tra- well, talk about improvements. At that time, that was the first summit. Um, it was really small. There was probably less than 50 people there. And I've just connected with the company at that point. I connected with everybody else, all of my other, I like to call us insurance nerds. We're a <laughs> bunch of um, insurance nerds. We love um, everything about insurance and really helping grow e-assist. So that was me falling in love with the company. And I took the leap very shortly after that to go full-time. Since then, I have, um, I still am um, an independent contractor as a, um, you know, lead on an office, working um, insurance claims, correspondence, mm-hmm. um, posting payments, and, you know, working aging. So I still do that. But I've also done um office launches. So back in, back in the days when I did it, they were called team leaders. They're called connection coaches now. And I still am involved in that. So I still um, help offices launch um, some new offices that come onto the the platform. I've also been a, um, a Kaizen coach, which is a relatably termed as like yeah. a regional manager. Yep. So um, I've been that as well. I worked in the IT team. I, again, I've probably done every single job with any assist at this point, yeah. but 
um, it's it's been great because I have additional insight into those other departments, and I'm usually yeah. able to help um, facilitate either conversations or um, you know just problem solve. So it's it's really nice. And um, overall, because of that experience, I've had the opportunity to grow both professionally and personally. Um, for example, in a dental office, I felt like I was kind of at my end, right? I was at an office right. manager. I had reached the top of wherever I was going. Whereas here, I've had leadership opportunities that I never would have even been presented to me before that. And being, you know, having those opportunities has really been um, a blessing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so, uh, all right, probably this is what everybody wants to know. And when, when you look at the role that you guys play and all the things that you've done, Share with everybody your worst claim story. How do I pick? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh. So I had a patient come in. She was an elderly patient. And um, she came in to have uh, a couple of her veneers placed. So she had two veneers on her two anterior teeth. And um, we had replaced them with crowns because even though – she, it looked like they were veneers when they were originally prepped. It was way, it was too much of a prep. So there wasn't really enough tooth structure left to do replacement veneers. So we did crowns. Um, she literally had popped them off. They were gone, completely lost, no other replacement. So her insurance comes back stating that it was an unfavorable prognosis. And I'm like, what, y'all, what, what would you have expected us to do? Do you want her running around without any sort of restorations on her front teeth? So right. I, I immediately went to the angle because she was, I wanted she was either in her late 80s or early 90s. So wow. my first red flag was, this is ageism, right? Like they're saying it's an unfavorable prognosis because she's so, you know, late in her life that maybe right. they don't, right. you know. That being said, I called them out for that particular scenario. I said, you know, the only other um, thing that I'm thinking that you guys are denying it for is because of her age, which, you know, you really can't make that determination. You've never seen the patient. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your job as an insurance company is to pay on claims, not to diagnose treatment. Mm -hmm. um, and then they paid it. But uh, reading between the lines and, again, calling insurances out, because they are doing this now. They're trying to diagnose and they're saying, well, that's an unfavorable prognosis. Well, you've never seen the patient before in your life. Right. Like you're going based off of a 2D image of an x-ray rather mm -hmm. than, you know, that's a disservice to your, your client and our patient. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I say it a lot on our intercommunication throughout eAssist. I try and give my little paragraph that I add to those appeals because it's wrong. It's, it's not right. So we're really yeah. there for our patients as their advocates. I think that's what's so interesting about what you guys are doing at eAssist is that you have to think, Jackie, that there was a time with these insurance companies where they would make those decisions, maybe because there wasn't people out there that either were educated about all of the variables, right? Knew what questions to ask, knew how to present it in a way. And then it seems like once, like you said, you were able to share with them what the situation was, then they did accept it, right? Uh, but um, it certainly was a long journey. It was, and uh, I had to I had to submit a complaint to the insurance commissioner for the state because of that one, because yeah. um, they were trying to give me the runaround and say that you know, it, and it's not like I didn't present this information to them when I initially submitted the claim. They were just trying to drag it out mm -hmm. and, um, you know, keeping them accountable. 
um, because they're not there to diagnose. They're not clinicians. They they usually have consultants um, that review the claims and make those determinations. But is that right? No. Mm. Um, And a funny thing about EASIS that's kind of changed the world of insurance is... um, They've caught on to to us um, being the offices and the patients advocates, right. and um, they've started refusing to talk to us. <laughs> so we'll call, and they're yeah. like, "Do you work directly with the office?" And we say, "Yes." And then they go, "Well, your op- your phone number doesn't match up with the with the office. We're not going to talk to you." Interesting, right? So yeah, yeah. that's progress. That is progress, Jackie. I yeah. love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about maybe a difficult situation. Uh, that you were able to rise to the top of the challenge, uh, you know, f- figure it out and maybe share a little bit kind of the process of what that was like and how you're able to do that. So, so one of the things that ESS is built off of, one of our core values is um, something called the message to Garcia. The message to Garcia, it's an old fable that is essentially a story of um, someone being given a task with no instructions um, and no sort of guidelines on how to complete those instructions, but um, finding a will and a way to finish the task um, is, you know, kind of like the shorthand version of that. So it's one of the biggest principles within ESS. And if you don't have that drive, then it's really hard to be successful in the company just because we're a bunch of problem solvers. We like being able to figure things out. Um, so with that being said, one of the earliest um, challenges that I came across, um, this was um, a few years ago as a team leader to launch a new office. They came through and the office, I, I'm, I'm doing their, an internal assessment, looking through their numbers, and um, the doctor has $12 million in over 90-day aging. <laughs> and so, right. Right. Um, This is one of the first cases that we saw of this. We've seen a lot more since then, but this was one of those first cases. And I literally went, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. Um, I don't know how to help him. (laughs) That's a ton. Um, So after talking to him, I figured out that he had never entered in a payment into his practice management system ever. He was literally sending claims, receiving checks, going to the bank and calling it a day. Um, So... What I ended up doing was um, I came up with a separate service agreement with him um, in order to clean things up because, again, we're talking about a claim from 10 years ago that had already been paid. There's no way for us to be able to track that down, nor would it be um, a fruitful investment for anyone to track down that information. So I came up with a separate agreement for him to do a cleanup. So to clean out all of those claims that were over two years old that were still sitting in the practice management system, just clean them off, adjust them off, and then we'll try and move forward. Um, And so, you know, we did that. The team started, you know, they started working the claims that were under two years old. Um, (laughs) and, um, that was several years ago. I think they've finally gotten to where he's current, um, because of all of that, that work. Um, but he's still a happy client. He's still here. He's still happy. He absolutely loves us. His team loves him. Um, it's a great mutual collaboration, but yeah, that, that was, that was a shocker. I remember just going, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do here. And so, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a big number. You're like, holy cow. It was huge. Yeah. It was absolutely yeah. huge. None of us had ever seen anything like it before. But like I said, we have encountered those since then. So Yeah, yeah. And how much confidence you breed. So that's awesome. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about where and I guess when uh, you feel most accomplished, right? You feel most satisfied with what you do. And then talk a little bit about 
what gives you that satisfaction? Uh, my satisfaction from today versus a few years ago is different. So I'm going to yeah. go off of what what's today. Yeah. yeah. Right now, my biggest satisfaction is um, fulfilling cl- um, clients. You know, their sort of their concerns, right? So they'll usually come in and their office is blown up, right? So imagine walking into a hoarder's house. Um, that's a lot of times what we encounter. We encounter a lot of, um, you know, misorganization or just, you know, clients feeling lost. And to hear a client say, I feel so much better. I love my team. You know, you've, you've made such a huge difference for me makes my day. Like I just kind of like ride on that. Um, but also helping our ES sisters. So helping our other ES sisters is really important to me. Um, anybody who's watching in the company probably sees me all over Zulip. Like I'm uh, constantly, um, answering questions and trying to help people out because I've, I've been there. I, I know how scary it is and how, you feel alone on an island sometimes because you are, you're at home and you don't necessarily know who to reach out to. And so any sort of help that I can provide for somebody else to at least try and make their day a little bit better um, is, is one of the things that gets me through and it's really important. Well, I just put on the screen so that everybody can see you are also the August 2019 caught caring award winner. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thanks. <laughs> I love that title. I was like caught caring as in code for, you know, you're doing your thing and certainly somebody recognized what you're doing. And I think it goes along the lines of what you just said, right? Which is always wanting to, to grow, learn more, uh, things like that. So again, congrats on that. And Thanks. that leads me to my next question really, which is, you know, you and I talked about you being a dental assistant, right? Is that what you're saying? At one time you, you did yes. that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, like many people have shared and many successful people in dentistry have said, Hey, listen, started as a dental assistant. Wasn't my thing. You know, now I'm in a place where I'm certainly thriving and so on and so forth. But can you talk a little bit about what led you to this work and, and, and what you like so much about it? So assist wise or insurance wise, yeah, let's. Um, can you touch on both? Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be good yeah. to kind of share. Yeah, touch on both. yeah, there's value on both of those. Yeah. Okay. So insurance. Um, you know, I start. I am not good with not feeling like I'm doing well. Like I'm one of those people who I I want to do well in something. And so as an assistant, I knew the material. So I knew, you know, from a clinical background, you know, all of these different things. But being a dentist right-hand person and having him rely on me and feeling like I'm failing all the time is just really hard for me. And so I still wanted to utilize the knowledge that I had about dentistry. Um, and I had always been sort of, uh, you know, I, I, did, I was a hostess before. So I did, you know, sort of time management and scheduling. And mm-hmm. so I just kind of naturally gravitated up front um, mm-hmm. because answering the phone and being able to answer someone's clinical questions or just general questions about a procedure is helpful for the front desk. So it's good to have a clinical background. So I slid into that really easily. Um, but again, I'm, and to go, to go back to one of our, um, you know, our staples of e-assist is also part of um, always be growing, right? Mm-hmm. Growing and improving yourself, Kaizen. Yep. And yep. so that's been a, I get, you know, before I even knew what Kaizen was, it was an important part of me to constantly be able to improve and grow and learn. And I just reached a point with being a schedule coordinator. Where I was like, well, I want to, I want something new. I want to learn something new. I want to keep going. So yeah. I badgered my office manager into learning um, insurance checks. I think it came down to her going on vacation once and she was like, all right, 
but I'm going to let you do this. <laughs> so um, that was really the start of that process for me. And it just took off from there. Um, I discovered eAssist because, um, and a lot of other office managers might um, identify with this. I just was not, the income wasn't there. I was doing what I loved, but I just wasn't, I I didn't feel like I was being compensated enough, at least, you know, in comparison to my quality um, of life and, um, you know, my expenses. I was pregnant with my second child and I was like, I'm literally going to be paying for childcare just by working. Like the amount that I was paying for childcare was equivalent to how much I was being paid. And I didn't see the advantage. So I, I sought out and I found e-assist and again, I tried it very, um, you know, slow and start and it took off. I was making as much with e-assist, um, working part-time as I was working full-time in an office. And so I was like, what am I doing? Um, and again, <laughs> when I went to Summit, a lot of those wonderful ladies, um, Rebecca Avey in particular, talked about how much she was making, what a difference she was making with her clients and her offices, and it inspired me. So, uh, you know, I am now, um, I, ha- I have an independent life. You know, I, I, for the most part, you know, the more leadership opportunities that I take on, the more um, meetings that I have to be in. But, now, I was able to go on every single field trip for my eldest for kindergarten, awesome. right? And yeah. I would have never been able to do that when I worked in an office or it would have been this, you know, well, I guess you can go. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. So the, having those opportunities in addition to providing for my family, making just as much as my husband because we're competitive like that. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. It's just, yeah, it's it's something that's changed, I think, for, for the industry, for sure. So I was going to ask you uh, how working with eAssist has changed your life. You just defined it, right? There's really nothing. I mean, you just shared uh, what it has been like. I think all of those examples that you shared, and as you know, everybody's situation is different, but there's a lot of similarities. You know, you're no different than anybody else out there that, you know, is raising a family and you're trying to find a balance between, you know, being a mother and, 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 and working in a career that you really like, like you mentioned and things like that. So super exciting. Obviously it's, it's really helped you change your life. Talk a little bit about people out there that are on the fence, right? Like you were, like most people are, are getting ready to kind of look at a new opportunity or what have you. And they're, they're looking at e-assist and they're saying, okay, you know, is this something that I should do? Share with them a little bit of your insight that why, you know, and what, why, why you think it was important and maybe what your message would be for them to, to make that decision and to give it a shot. So I would say anybody who's considering it, um, it is, it's a big decision. So it's not something to be taken lightly, but it is something that you can do as a part-time venture to get your feet wet, so to speak. Um, but it's like any other professional job. So you may work from home. That doesn't mean you're not working. Um, so I did, I still have, I did still keep my children in childcare. I felt like quality was more important than quantity. Right. So that was a personal decision that I made, but I know lots of other e-assisters that do keep their children at home and they work at the same time. So kudos to them because I could have never done that. But um, I would just say to anybody considering it, just um, take it as a serious opportunity. So this is not, it's not only a career opportunity, but it's a personal investment in yourself. Um, You're not working for a dental, um, for a dentist anymore. You're working for yourself. Um, You know, you do have your personal clients. Um, You know, I've got four awesome clients that are, um, you know, I take care of every day, Mm -hmm. but again, they're my clients and um, I have that freedom to, to help them. Yeah. Also important to keep an open mind. Um, 
when I first started, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've run, I've run this office so great. Yeah. I know all of it. I'll be able to get in, no problem. And as soon as I got in, I was like, oh, my, I know nothing. I know nothing that I, you know, and I immediately went out the door. So, um, you know, it's also being humble and accepting that you may have been top dog for whatever office you worked in before, but right. you know, going from one state to another is a big one. And then, you know, cause I've got two offices in New Jersey, I've got a New York office and um, the other one's in California. Right. Wow. So I need to know yeah. all three of those States yeah. and what those States, you know, require um, for lots of different um, scenarios. So um, yeah, whatever may have worked for you for your state and your office, it may not be applicable right. for everybody. It'll be different. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. All right. So a couple of fun questions. Are you game? Sure. Okay. So it's bucket list time, right? Where is a place in the world now that you're doing these things, you're kind of building your own future, which is really exciting, but where is a place in the world that you haven't had a chance to visit yet that you really want to go to? Oh man. Um, Italy probably. Okay. It's probably or um, Paris as well, Italy. I just want to do a whole like European tour trip okay. with my husband. That'd be great. All right. So this one might be a tough one, but you never know if it's maybe if it's on the t- tip of your tongue. So if you had to drive from California to New York, right? So let's say you you're in, you're had to go see your practice in California and then drive to go see the owner in New York, and you could only listen to one song on the radio the whole way across the country. Oh no. <laughs> what would it be? Oh no. <laughs> um, I don't think that I could do that. I think that I yeah. like I'm one of those people that's in the car that if I hear the same noise like going over, I go insane. Um, I also am a book reader in the car. So I just listen to my books um right. in the car. But awesome. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. Uh, someone someone would get hurt. Okay. All right. So the last one is, is cause you don't want anybody to get hurt. Okay. Uh, you get your own billboard kind of right there in Phoenix. Right. And they come to you and they say, all right, Jackie, if you could go ahead and put a billboard up, that was maybe a message, uh, that is kind of your, I guess, mantra for your life, right. The way that you like to live or whatever the case may be. And you can have that up there for a month. What, what would you put on that billboard? So I have two. Okay. Um, one is, um, more time. Um, and the next one is, is that if you can't do it right, when will you have time to do it over? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Jackie, this has been great. And again, congratulations on your caught caring award. Super exciting. Uh, it is very obvious, uh, why you won that award. This has been a true pleasure. And, uh, thank you for sharing your insight for all of those other ES sisters out there as you guys continue to do some great work and, and, uh, push the limits. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. I, um, it was fun. Thank All you. Right, awesome. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.